Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Sal Sports and Stuff podcast. My apologies, it's been a while, but I'm back and ready to give you the best from the world of sports, entertainment, or just life in general, people with interesting stories to share. I recently sat down with Buffalo Bills safety Micah Hyde. We talked about his upbringing in the Rust Belt town of Fostoria, Ohio, as well as his transition from Green Bay to Buffalo and his emotional exit from the Packers as a free agent. And we talked about his love for both history and government, even Broadway shows and traveling the world. There's a lot in here I think you probably didn't know about Bill's safety, Micah Hyde. And how about his relationship with the media and how he was even betrayed one time? I hope you enjoy it. Here's Bill's safety, Micah Hyde. Micah Hyde joining me here on the South Sports and Stuff podcast. Uh, a little bit of life, entertainment, culture, everything here. And Micah, you've always been one that uh, strikes me as a guy that's all into that kind of stuff. You're not just a football player. You, you have a lot going on in your life, so I appreciate you joining me. Oh, of course, man. Thank you for having me. All right, so I want to start, first of all, with um, Micah Hyde the kicker. Tell me about Micah Hyde the kicker. Uh, you know, I played soccer when I was little. Um, if it wasn't for my mom making me play football, I would have kept playing soccer. Uh, there, wasn't a, um, there wasn't a high school team or middle school team to play soccer, so I, my mom basically said, you're playing football, um, and so we had to stay with that. Was it a struggle um, to play football? You know, parents, your mom, your dad, you know, wanting you to play football, you wanting to play? Uh, no, I mean, right away, I, yeah, I started playing. Um, I liked football. You know, all my, friend, all my friends were doing it, so I wanted to be a part of it. Um, and I knew that we had a pretty good, you know, uh, class, so I, I figured by the time I was, our class was seniors, we were, we were going to be pretty good, which we were. So. And then you were a very good kicker in high school, though. I mean, uh, what was it like kind of every day, you know, knowing that you, were, you had to be, like, the best athlete on your team? You were a quarterback, you were a kicker, yeah, yeah. you know, DB. But um, did you ever think about, you know, maybe making life as a kicker? Uh, no, I never really have. I just thought it was uh, it's just something extra. You know, I come from a small town, small school. Um, you know, not many guys on the football team, so I was I was the best kicker. So they just they had me do it. Kind of, you know, my my soccer background allows me to uh, to do that. But I was just used to not coming off the field. I was a uh, you know kicker, punter, kick returner, punt returner. I was all of it. So. And like I said, small school, so I could I could do all that stuff. Fostoria, is that how you say it? Yeah, that's it, yep. So tell me a little bit about uh, growing up in Fostoria. Uh, like I said, small town, uh, blue-collar community. Um, you know, people, they just work hard. You know, when I was when I was younger, uh, there's about three or four big factories. Um, and since then, I think three of them have left. So, you know, a lot of people from the community have, have, have left. And um, I think when I was little, it was probably, you know, probably back in the 90s. Uh, I want to say it was probably about, like, 17 18,000. I know when my mom was little, um, it was a, you know, not, I don't want to say popping community, but it was a lot more people, but it's just, the numbers are just dwindling down. Um, you drive through Falls right now, the downtown's really, really nothing. Um, you know, they're taking down stoplights, putting up stop signs. This is one of those things that, uh, they're just dying for, for a business or, or something to come in and re revamp the, the community. So, um, you know, I just do it for them. And I know that every Sunday I strap, I strap up this, uh, strap up my shoes and strap up my helmet you know they're looking for me on tv and and uh you know i, I do a lot of the things i do to to this day because of where i grew up and and for the people in the community of false did you grow up would you say you grew up poor um we definitely didn't have money uh I, I think that my mom uh i don't want to say poor because i feel like it'd, it'd be a slap in the face to her because she did everything she could to, to provide for you know what we needed um it, and it was what we needed it wasn't what we wanted um you know she she uh, was married a few times, um, you know, those, those didn't work out as, you know, as a child. So, um, you know, she had four kids running around and, um, you know, my brother was heavily involved in sports and he was out with his friends and his friends' parents helped 
help with him. My sister um, was kind of the really my older sister was kind of the one that's was always at the house, and you know myself, I was always in sports too, and then my little sister. So uh, we tried to make it easy on my mom by by uh, not really um, putting too much pressure on her about. You know, I need school shoes, I need school clothes, all that stuff, because, you know, me and my brother both worked on a farm, and, and uh, we kind of got some money that way and, and uh, was able to pay for some things ourselves. But um, she she got us whatever we needed. Uh, you know, I can remember days where um, it, it'd be in the morning, she's getting ready for work, and I'd, you know, tell her, Mom, I don't have any deodorant. Like, I, I have to go to school. Like, I don't have any deodorant. And she'd run, go get deodorant. You know, just stuff that we needed. And, uh, um she always provided for us. She never thought twice, and, and that's why we uh, we all appreciate her so much this day. I, I saw you that you were good academically, but were you actually good, or were you just, hey, I knew how to play the game kind of good? Um, I think it was a little bit of both. I think that uh, you know, some of the subjects I was I was pretty good at. Um, uh, I was I was never really the kid that was just like goofing off a lot. I was I knew that I needed to uh, get good grades for sports, so I was never like in class like being an idiot or anything like that. I was I was. Uh, yeah, I actually got along with with uh, most of my teachers. Um, I can remember a few of them, uh, you know, like pre-calc. Uh, I I just knew that there was no way after I graduated high school I'd ever use pre-calc again. Um, and you know, the kind of as a teacher, they sit here and say, "Well, you're going to need it to." Yeah, okay. Oh, all right, sure. So, um, you know, little things, like, little subjects like that. I was kind of um, not trying too hard. But other ones, I you know, history I enjoyed. English I was not very good at. Science I enjoyed. Um, so it was uh, pretty cool. I can still go back to this day and talk to most of my teachers and you know walk in the classroom and and it's all, all it's all love, man. We we appreciate each other. I don't know if you know. I was a high school teacher for ten years. Oh really? Yeah, I was football coach down in Florida. High school teacher for ten years. I taught social studies, government, history. I love I love, I love social. I love government. I love history. I think I think to this day I wish I would have paid attention more. You know, in, in government. Um, I'm not really too deep into uh, into politics and all that stuff, but I still enjoy. Um, you know the the system and stuff and then also uh history i love history man like that there's nothing like watching a, a movie on on tv that that uh you know that, that involves history because I, I just like to learn stuff you know whether if it's pearl harbor or, sure you know just all that stuff it just fascinates me those video those movies that basically put a story like a historic story like the titanic around another story right yeah Something yeah, like yeah. and and i just i don't know it's it's weird because man always Whenever I go to Netflix and I pick one of those movies, she just gets her book out and starts reading because she hates it. Um, she's terrible at history, and and but I, I enjoy it, man. I like I like knowing how um, you know countries formed. I like knowing uh, you know who they were owned by and how they got their independence and, and like just weird stuff like that. I enjoy I enjoy it, and um, I think that's partly why I like to travel so much, just because you know we go to different countries and um, you know we see that. Uh, there, you know, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Uh, we went to uh, the French Polynesian, we went to uh, Tahiti, and you know, obviously French Polynesian, so they're owned by the French, and it just it's fascinating to know that you know, this country down almost to Australia is owned by the French. Like, how did that happen? And so that's kind of how my mind works. I like to know stuff like that, and um, I don't know, maybe maybe I'm a little weird. No, no, I don't think <laughs> you are at all. I think a lot of us are have that in us. We all have our own thing. I always tell people. I could tell you the last 30 Heisman Trophy winners off the top of my head. Oh, really? But you know what I've known about a car? Where to stick a key. Man, that's, that, I don't know nothing about cars. See, right? I, I mean, nothing, we all yeah. got our own things, I, right? Yeah, so that's that is 100% true, yeah. Um, I read you're very detail-oriented. Give me an example of how you're detail-oriented. Um, hmm. 
I don't know, man. I, I guess I don't. You're a clean freak. I am a OCD. Freak. Anything I, like that? I, I think that. Uh, I think I've developed OCD. Um, something as simple as like. I, well, okay, so I think going back to when I was younger, I was always shared a room with my older brother, and he was like sloppy, didn't care what was left over, and I was always the one that just cleaning, you know, making sure my shoes were organized, and the remote was right here on the nightstand, and you know stuff like that. And to this day, you know, I'll go in the basement. I'll probably go to the basement and go to the house right now, and go down there, and you know, the remotes will be all over the place and I got to have you know the, the 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 biggest remote to the smallest remote sitting right there on the <laughs> on the coffee table like it, it's just weird man I so I'm a little bit OCD but um, as far as detail oriented I like I like that in football because I don't like having that gray area I like having you know black and white I need to know um, if this route happens can I do this um, can I not do this if you know in, in this play am I able to to freelance am I able to go make a play or is this my job and I think that, that that's uh kind of how I, you know, how I've succeeded um, and got to the level where I am today is because I, I I know when I can take chances. I know when I can go get the ball. I know what, you know, with the film study and stuff like that, what plays might be coming and, and from there just go make plays. What was your relationship like with uh, Aaron Rodgers in the in the Packers locker room? Um, I, I, I don't, I wouldn't say we were like best friends or anything, but I think that we had a uh, respect, um, you know, uh, definitely an understanding that, um, no, he knew what type of player I was. I, I can't remember after that whole uh, free agent situation went down. Um, you know, he texted me and said, "Man, I'm so happy." I sent out a, I put out a tweet because it, I, all the stuff that you know, I, I I felt like I did for the organization and and uh, you know uh, my fiance at the time. Uh, you know, we were just, we were just hurt, man. We were hurt that that uh, you know they didn't even come out and, and send us an offer. So, you know, I put out a, uh, a tweet once I you know signed with Buffalo and basically said, you know, thank you to. to to Packer Nation for everything they did and all that stuff, and and basically said, um, you know, even though I didn't get an offer from them, you know, thank you so much for the opportunity and blah blah blah. And, and right after I sent that tweet out, he texted me and said, thank you, man. Like, uh, people got to understand that you know, you, people aren't just choosing to leave organizations. You know, good players aren't choosing to leave. It's sometimes you know the organization just doesn't want you anymore. And and uh, he said, I appreciate you saying that. So now maybe they might. Um, understand that we can't just keep losing, you know, good players. And so ever since that day, I kind of just look back. And I, I've seen him at, you know, three or four weddings since then. And, um, you know, it's just a pure respect. I, I appreciate what he does for um, the league and and uh, smart guy. And I don't think a lot of people understand him just because uh, he could, you know, I think they see him more as a celebrity than, than just a regular person. <laughs> You have to word the tweet like that on purpose, I would think. You know, you want to make sure people know, hey, this wasn't my choice. They didn't make me an offer. How how hurt were you when when that went down, and how much resentment do you still hold today because of it? I don't hold any resentment anymore. Uh, I mean, I I have plenty of guys on the team that I want to succeed, and if it came down to it and they're in a Super Bowl, I want them to win it. Um, you know, obviously not against us, but right. but uh, you know, I want them to win it. But it was it was one of those things, man. Like I I'm normally a guy. I've always been a guy that I don't care what other people think. I don't care, you know, how people see me as a football player. And, and, uh, and it wasn't just football growing up. You know, they, they see me as a basketball player, a baseball player, whatever. But uh, what I do what I do want is to people um, – for people to, to understand me, to, to, to know me and don't judge me off something that is out of my control, which that situation was out of my control. And a lot of people thought that I was just leaving to go chase money. Like, I've – could care less about money like I, I want to win a championship I, I want to do all that and and I didn't get an offer for them am I, am I supposed to go back and say I'll play for free like right. so my whole you know Twitter and and all that stuff is is blown up with people thinking I'm um, just disrespecting 
that organization, which wasn't the case at all, you know. And so um, I just wanted them to understand, like, I didn't get an offer. And it was frustrating at the time. It was frustrating um, for the whole offseason, man. It was just weird. It's something I've never been a part of. Uh, literally some putting your heart and soul into something and someone telling you you're not good enough. Like, I've never – I've never dealt with that before in my life. That was a, that was something new to me, uh, but at the same time, it prepared me for this for this league, man. Like a lot of guys in this league uh, take it for granted and don't understand that you know um, any day could be your last day. And I, I I really realized that since then, like you know, a team could really not need you anymore and just kick it to the curb, and you never know what could happen after that. Every year, I write a column, and in the off season, I hear four or five guys the Bills should target. You were on the in that I, I said that year, so you made me look good. Thank so you. thank you. Thank um, you thank but you. obviously, you had other offers. Um, did you weigh maybe going to other organizations? If you want to say on that. Well, so about that whole free agency process, uh, the Bills were they were in it from the beginning, um, and I think the, I think it was the first day I could sign. I think I, I signed yeah. with I signed with the Bills, but um, I, I was talking to my agent, you know, a couple of days before, and you know he had the time to talk to him at the combine, uh, all the the people to talk at the combine, but. Um, he basically said, you know, there's some other teams that that are interested in you, but you, they're they want you to fall the next couple of days. You know, they they don't like the range um, that that you're at, and you know, it, it's kind of another thing that you know I was kind of the Swiss Army knife in Green Bay, doing a whole bunch of different things where I couldn't put my stamp that like, you know, I can play safety in this league, I can play just nickel in this league, I can, you know, if they ask me to just be a pure punt returner, I can do that. So. Um, I was just doing so much in Green Bay that I think it kind of hurt me, and and that's maybe what they saw. They didn't, couldn't think. They thought maybe I couldn't play one position, but I'm I'm just thankful for the opportunity that you know that they gave me here to go out there and just play safety and make my mark. And you know I'm still learning. This is my second full year of, of playing just strictly safety. I'm still learning each and every day, but um, I'm trying to make the most of it. Patrick DeMarco came up to me and another media member one day, and he said, "Who who's the the best guy in the locker room to interview and we both said you and Lorenzo we said Micah Hyde and Lorenzo because we said to us and in my role I know you guys aren't gonna say things that are gonna be bulletin board material we just want a little bit of honesty and we want you to be straightforward with us and and give good answers and quality answers that we can at least run with not just old cliches you don't do that why is that why are you why would us consider you one of the better guys to talk to um I just think you know you guys have a job to do um I understand you guys I think there are some guys in the locker room, uh, in the media that that try to get that bullet, yeah. bullet bulletin board material out of guys. But um, you know, I, I just I feel like you know you guys have a job. You guys are asking questions for a reason. I know how the media is. Being in Green Bay, I understand how the media is such a such a small market. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was so you know nationwide uh, national media was you know we had a big game coming up Saturday night, Monday night. It was. It was, the locker room was packed, and so you know I understand that that uh, you know media comes, they go, they're gonna ask you questions. What you know they're gonna be up and down. Uh, you know gonna say you're going to the Super Bowl one day, then you know, next next week after you lose, you're getting the first pick of the draft. You know I understand how that stuff works. So um, you know I think that somebody like Zoe is you know I I look at him and I think that wow well, I want I want to get to his his level just because of you know how much respect he has around the locker room, but. You know, at the end of the day, I just understand, you know, this is your guys' job and uh, no hard feelings. You had to ask me questions for for a reason. I, I don't want you to get specific. You don't need to, obviously. But do you guys think about us sometimes and say, like, I don't want to talk to that guy or that girl? Oh, yeah. I mean, are you, do, you, do you know about all of us? 100%. Um, How does that work? Uh, well, 
perfect example. I had a guy in Green Bay um, that went to do a story on me. It was just like this, one-on-one. Um, you know, I'm, I don't want to say spilling my heart out, but I'm telling you know, my, my upbringing and all that stuff. And he, and he starts talking about my, uh, my dad. And I tell him, you know, my dad was never really there. You know, my mom was basically the one who raised me and my siblings. And um, so he did his, like, research, right? And he looked up my, like, just went on police records, looked up all my dad's, uh, all my dad's records and, and all that stuff. And he did a he did a story about me, which was supposed to be a positive story. But then he threw in, like, just two long paragraphs about, you know, all my dad's arrests, like, just all of them. And, just, and I already told him, man, I was – I didn't I didn't grow up I didn't grow up with him so like why is that relevant to the story come to find out that was the same guy that did a bad story about a guy a year before and so that went around the locker room and no nobody in the locker room would talk to him mm-hmm. and it was kind of one of those things that that was my first eye-opening experience like why would anybody in the media do that because you know guys and I don't want to say especially me but guys respect me and they you know they respect um, what I bring to the table. And so for you to do that to me, that's kind of like a slap in the face to, to everybody. And so um, it was kind of one of those things. But, you know, here in this locker room, you know, I think guys um, understand which guys are going to ask good questions, which guys are going to try to get dirt out of some other guys. So it's just uh, – it, it definitely happens. It, it definitely goes around the locker room. We're okay, right, me and you? Yeah, we're good. Okay, we're okay good. good. Um, okay, um, what kind of phone do you have? I have an iPhone, I think – Seven, I think seven. Yeah, I gotta get an upgrade. I gotta get an upgrade myself. I, I My wife has a better one than me for I'm, sure. Amanda has iPhone ten too. Like <laughs> I, the newest phone possible. I love my iPhone seven. I, we went, we went out to a last off season. She went to Verizon, um, because her mom needed a new phone. Right. And so Amanda was like, "How about you trade yours in, and you trade your phone in, and we'll give you." we'll give my mom your old phone and you can get the new phone. I was like, all right, sure. Let's go in. We go in there. Of course, it's going to be like $500 for the new phone. I'm like, I'm like, no, I don't want it. Like, I don't, I don't want to spend $500. I like my phone now. So she got all mad at me in the store. And so we ended up just getting her mom a new phone. And it was just funny because I'm, if something's if, if it's not broke. I'm not going right. to, I'm not going to need a new one. So if I put your iPhone seven on shuffle, what's the most likely artist group to come up? I like all types of music, man. What do you have the most of in there, though? Like, uh, what certain a certain group, certain band, artist? Um, as of late, I'm more like a like a R and B soul, like R and B pop type. And I'm not big into the whole rap music. I, before games, I like to listen to you know, get me get me going. Um, I got a little R and B. I got a little rap. I got a little country. I got a little a little bit of everything. Yeah, a little bit of everything, man. I, I uh, I'm kind of it's kind of what what mood I'm in. You know, before a game, I'm. I'm pumped. I, I want to listen to some rap. If I'm just chilling at the house, I want to listen to some uh, some uh, nice laid back R and B type music. If I'm chilling in a beach, chilling on a beach and uh, Greece, I want to I want to listen to some uh, some Jack Johnson maybe and kind of get that feel. Yeah. What about uh, Broadway shows? I, I I read I read that you're into Broadway shows. What? How did that come about? And, and what do you like? So we went out to uh, New York after you know we were here uh, when we first got here. Uh, back in last year around April or whatever um, we I've been in New York City a few times but Amanda I think Amanda went once but she didn't really get the experience it was like a quick in and out thing so we like you know let's go to let's go to New York City for the weekend we get there um, one of her best friends uh, told her about Broadway shows and so uh, we went and saw oh man we went and saw um, Aladdin all the all the Disney stuff but then we saw a Bronx Tale 
We saw uh, on Broadway. On Broadway. Wow. We saw it's Hamilton, a good movie though. Hamilton. We, yeah, great movie. Uh, I actually saw the movie after the play. Um, and what was the other one? Um, Book of Mormon. Hilarious. So we like every time we go, we try to see one. You know, the Friday night and the Saturday night. And that's something that we just love to do. Cause we're, Have you ever been into that? Like acting show on stage? No, nah, no. Nah, I've never. That's something that's totally new to me. So uh, to to go to a show and see these people acting, like. It is live. It's live acting. They don't mess up. And on top of that, they're singing and dancing. Like, the stuff that they're able to do is, I just have a, a whole, you know, a whole new respect for, for, for those people because it's live. They're singing, it's dancing. It's not like what you do, though. I mean, you, you yeah. can't just stop a play in the middle and say, hey, can quarterback, can you throw that over again, please? Exactly. And so that's why I have so much respect for those people. And um, uh, you talk about Amanda a lot. I know you just were married last summer, I believe it is. Yeah. Been together a long time? No, no, not really that long. I, I met her um, my, I would say before my second year in the league. No, after my second year in the league. Um, so what? That's four, a little over four years. Been six years now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, uh, yeah, it, just, it was a blessing, man. I, I've, I, so I go out to San Diego during the off season. Um, that's why I started going after the, uh, after my senior year, because that's where my agent was, and so he hooked me up with a trainer and stuff out there. So I've been going out there ever since, and she's from San Diego, so. Um, we we met through you know mutual friends and and ever since then it's it just just good vibes and and she's you know we're opposites but but we definitely um, like when I'm with her I feel like I can conquer the world like it's you know we just we love to travel um, we love to hang out together and it's just just awesome man is she protective of you like um whether it's social media sure. telling you things like because there's a lot of wives that can get too much into that yeah, obviously so, we've seen that yeah and and we have conversations like that all the time because. Yeah, I don't, people that aren't that that don't have a family member or a friend that's in this league or any professional league like the the amount of backlash that you like you know say you give up a touchdown or something like that people just are it, it's social media man people are, are brave they can say whatever they want so um you know it's it's difficult at times but me and Amanda we talk about that stuff all the time like she gets she gets so she gets so pissed about you know things because she's protective over me I'm protective over her if someone's talking about her saying she's terrible at at what she does and you know she runs she runs our foundation she's writing a book she's she does so much she's she's really good at like writing and and and, and stuff like that so she's doing all that if someone disrespected her and said her book was terrible oh, i'm gonna be the first one to be like yo come here like <laughs> let's talk about this so she's the same way with me and and she's my number one fan she she goes on her instagram and puts up you know the pro bowl vote thing and make sure that her whole followers on facebook are, are voting 10 times a day so um She's definitely protected, but you know, I, I I try to tell her like, babe, I you know, I, I've been doing this for a long time. Like, if if someone wants to talk drunk, it's in one ear out the other. Like, I'm not we're, we're not gonna be that couple that are um, commenting back to to people on Instagram and Twitter and and getting arguments. And because at the end of the day, those people want to be in our position, and and ooh, that's that's something that we're not gonna do. We're gonna take the high road every single time. I have to learn that myself sometimes. I get down that rabbit yeah. hole. You know, you report something, you say something, people tell you you suck on the air or whatever and I and I do that all the time you're like but this person means nothing in my life exactly they mean they mean nothing and um like I said we talk about it all the time and it, it especially you know this season has been has been difficult um just because you know we we haven't the season hasn't gone the way we wanted it to and um you know people just they come at you. just come at you you know with with this and that the bills suck the bills this and you know all the all the hard work that we put in, and the studying, the game film, the uh, the physical stuff on and off the field. Like, uh, you know, it, it it sucks to see you know people not see the the 
the you know reap the benefits from from the hard work but it is what it is you live here full-time during the season um during the season yeah. uh, after the season yeah we go out to san diego yeah. what do you what do you what do you like about buffalo you like living here being around these people well, i i I think just the people in general, um, number one, are dying for, for a winning football team, um, a consistent winning football team. And, and, you know, last year we were, you know, finally able to get the monkey off our backs and get them to the postseason. But, um, yeah, I just love the community. I, I love that the, the day um, I got here, everybody around the organization was showing me love and showing my family love. And, and um, just from that, just the community, uh, you know, whenever we go someplace, you know, people are just so nice and so down to earth. It's not – it's not New York City, you know. It's not, it's not. You know, people. But you don't want that. You seem like no, you don't want no, that. I, you know, I'm a small town Ohio guy. Went to Iowa, Green Bay, and here. Like I don't. I would love to finish my career here and and um, kind of keep that small that small mindset because I'm not a big lights. You know, obviously I'm out in San Diego in the off season. I can I can go up to L. A. I can do all that stuff. But um, I like to be low key. I like to you know go about our business, not put everything on social media and and, and do all that stuff and just and just. Uh, yeah, to do things the right way. I know you have to go lift here as we're sitting here, so tell me about your foundation, and so that way we can put something out there and people know all about it. Uh, Imagine for Youth Foundation. Um, yeah, we do. We, we got an event next week, Kicks for Kids, um, that we did. Our, I think we did last year. It was our first year doing it in Cleveland, um, where my little sister was, was teaching at a school. Um, uh, what is it? I think, what is it called? Title, Title One School. Um, yep. She was teaching at Title One School, and, and so we gave uh, the whole school, I think it was 250 kids, new pair of Nikes. Um, yeah, I'm with Nike, so... Uh, we, we have a good connection with them. They help us out with uh, my football camp every year in July. And uh, so that's next week. We do a, a Thanksgiving um, we did a Thanksgiving dinner for a whole bunch of kids uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, like I said, my football camp. So it's my, my foundation is uh, ran by Amanda, and she does an awesome job uh, with everything. My mom's on the, on the uh, staff. Right. Uh, you know, people in my hometown are on the board. So it's kind of uh, still that, you know, we want to blow this thing up, but we know it's going to be a process. And uh, we've done things in um, Detroit, um, obviously Ohio, here in Buffalo. Uh, so what we do is we we uh, can send out equipment for, for kids. Um, we can generate money for kids. And, and whether it's safe, uh, you know, YMCA needs a new basketball hoop, we can donate the money, find a hoop, or, uh, you know, do whatever we got to do to make sure they get it. You know, we can donate. Uh, helmets to a football team, cleats. I think our biggest thing is cleats. We have a, back in my hometown, we have a you know a huge storage full of just a whole bunch of cleats. So whenever someone gets on our page, uh, we have a, a referral recipient on our on our uh, website to where anybody you, you know you can go on that. You could be walking down the street and see a kid that his shoes are all torn. Um, you can go on there, you know, request um, size ten um, and. You know, we'll see it and hopefully send some shoes to you. So, you know, it might not be the, the nicest brand-new Jordans, but at the end of the day, they're, they're, they're shoes that get the job done. And so I think that's what we're trying to uh, trying to do more of. We just want to help kids, help the youth. Because I know that for myself, that was that was big. Like if there was plenty of times my mom couldn't afford – couldn't afford stuff like it was, I, I always and I was always on East Bay like circling stuff ah. like I'm trying to get this I'm trying to get that my mom would be like no we can't do that so I'd, I'd wait for the clearance East Bay to come out you know usually after Christmas and everything was you know big red marker crossed <laughs> off 29.99 shoes and I would circle those my mom would be like 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 come on like you know I don't you don't have that much you know so um I just understand that that's what you know kids that's what they that's what they want man they want to be able to have some new basketball shoes to go and and compete in and stuff like that. And so that's what we try to do. What are we doing today? Bench, squat. What do you got going? Uh, 
Jason's got us doing a little, a little upper body workout. Hopefully, it's not terrible like it was last week. I don't think he put too much effort into it last week. So, Paul, how was it? Yeah, so it's Jordan Poor. He's talking to you. What's uh, what would you max out bench when you were younger? Oh, you don't max anymore at this age. You don't do that. No, That's I'm bad weak. for you, right? I'm weak, man. I'm weak. Uh, I think the most I ever did was 225, 12 times at the combine, and I was <laughs> happy with that. Like, I was. How out. sore were you after that, though? I wasn't. I wasn't no? sore because we were training okay. for it. So you know, we were doing it three times a week. So uh, I wasn't too sore. But I'm not the. I, I'm not the the heavy lifter by any means. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate it, and always uh, grateful for your time. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it, Sal.